Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with The Good News. Well, hello, friends. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie. She's off at Disneyland. <laughs> Not that I'm jealous. You no, sound so. you'll jealous. You'll be on. You'll be on your way Not very that soon. I'm jealous. It's funny because you guys earlier in the week where you were talking about um, your kid wanting to. You said let's go to Paris, and she said no, I want to be a kid and go to Disney World, right? And then um, I think that's funny because I'm going to Disney World next week. Disney um, World is better than Disneyland. Dave. It is. Well, Disneyland is in Disney World, right? The Magic Kingdom, or it's the same thing, right? Well, Disneyland in California, Disney World, right? Orlando. So in, you're right, going right. to the right one. Yes. Well, I originally wanted the whole family go. We were going to go to either. Paris or France and stay somewhere. We're going to take the whole family or we were going to go to Mexico. There's this place called Isla Mujeres Uh where we're going to get this crazy big house with like a cook and a maid and the whole, like you ride around the whole island on a, like one of those pedal bike things. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And then they decided to go to Disney World and I was like, I want to I was disappointed at first, but now as I get closer, I'm getting way more excited. Dave, don't talk over me, please. I want Andre to hear my comment. (laughs) (laughs) She wants a cook. (laughs) Just saying. <laughs> I tried before. It didn't work out. He tried. I told him, and he tried to be my cook. I'm like, no, I'll cook. <laughs> <laughs> he can't cook at all. Oh, really? No, no. We can always. At least you tried. I don't like milk. Cereal. I always tell my husband, you could burn cereal. Like, just pouring the milk in, somehow you could burn it, you know? But the way Andre eats cereal is he'll take two boxes and pour and mix them mix two different kinds i like to do that too yeah i can see that you know what i like to do is take a a crunch berries and then some like peanut butter cereal and i make like peanut butter and jelly oh that would be a good (laughs) mixture have you tried that andre no oh do uh fruit loops and apple jacks together oh Oh, that would be good now i'm gonna have to go do a sampling and try this all (laughs) well i don't like milk so when when i go to the grocery store i he can't go with me to the grocery store i told him last week he can't go anymore (laughs) (laughs) we had so many cookies and cereal and then he got mad because i didn't know he put the cookies in the the basket until we got to the front he hit him (laughs) so when we got to the front and i saw i was like who put all these cookies in there and his dad was with us and i looked at his dad and he's blaming dad dad yeah his dad dad over here i didn't do it (laughs) and so i was like andre so i gave him away and he was upset Oh, you lost the cookies. Yep. (laughs) Miss Cindy, will you tell him that sugar is not good for his brain? It'll totally change your world when you don't have sugar in it. I know. There's there's a common, there is a calming (laughs) clarity that comes over when you take sugar out of your equation. I see. I get that same common clarity when I eat sugar. (laughs) He's not going for that one. You get, you get the sugar. 
it goes like this, and then it goes like this. But when you don't eat it, it goes like this all day long. You're not going to convince him. And I that is mind. totally worth it in my world. I don't mind when world. it go like that, because when it go like that, I'd be home in my sofa. So <laughs> I'd be cool. It was like when I had to get off gluten, and the night before, I was like, I had this huge bowl of pasta, and I'm like, I love you, pasta, and I'll see you in eight weeks. And I, like, ate the whole thing. And then it turned out I had a gluten intolerance, and so I'm like, Oh Lord, I can't have my pasta. But they have good gluten-free pasta, whatever. Good, good, but yeah. you wouldn't have convinced me either, because I'm a carbs girl. So if it was like get off the carbs, I'd be like, Nope, I love my carbs. I love my crash. I don't care. I want it. But yes, you do feel better when you eat healthier. Andre, I feel your pain too. I get this conversation from my wife all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and <laughs> so it's because like, they care for us, though. And but. that's and that's the thing. She complains when I eat cereal or cookies. But I said, I tell her, I say, Okay, I'll stop doing those things. If she give up coffee. Oh, that's throwing the gauntlet. I don't down. have a problem. <laughs> I don't have a problem with coffee. I don't have what? a problem. So you can go 40 days. You, can you, Andre, can you stop? I have fasted so, for, from coffee. Oh, so can you stop? Lent. Can did you, I or did I not I've, fast I've done from that. Lent. I've fasted from uh, for Lent, Lent for uh, from Syrian. Coffee. I've done it for Syrian cookies as well. I have a problem with coffee. If he like, threw the gauntlet to me, I'd be like, okay, you can have your sugar. I give. I give. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like, go ahead and eat your cereal. Yeah, you can Ms. have Cindy, your cereal. I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. Go ahead and eat your cereal then. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. You... And you and you, yeah, no, actually, you guys would be tough, tough patients if yeah. I was sitting on the other side of you. Because what has to happen is you have to be highly motivated within yourself to want to make that change, to feel it. Otherwise, you're just going to keep making your excuses, excuse me, for, for what you're doing and why and, well, and rationalizing that it's okay. But coffee, studies what have shown coffee is good for you. Tell me what's coffee, coffee up to one or two cups a day is healthful. And it has great benefits for your brain. Coffee alone. Coffee does. Straight, straight coffee, right? Coffee. Just, just I'm saying, just straight. Coffee, No, no yes. cream and no sugar, right? Well, yes. <laughs> I use brown sugar. Oh, well, there you go. I'd go to Stevia. Stevia overall does not cause a sugar spike. Okay. And it's the healthiest sugar out there. Okay. Stevia. No other one has, like, you don't want to use aspartame or anything like NutraSweet. Those are not so brown, good for you. I can't have aspartame. So does brown sugar have No, aspartame? Stevia does not have aspartame. Stevia is the healthiest artificial sweetener that we have out there. But what about the brown sugar? Brown sugar is sugar. Sugar is sugar. Sugar is fructose and sucrose. Oh, oh, it I see Andre smiling over there. No, I'm saying, <laughs> He's I, like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like you got to die from something so you might always enjoy yourself. Brown is like white. But, you know, it's it's baby steps. And if you will do want to incur changes in your health, it's baby steps. And, you know, you can't change everything overnight. But to educate yourself and become aware and know that you're at A and you want to go to B and what it might look like, you just start taking those steps. And it's not like anybody's going to, You first of all, nobody can hold your hand and say, don't do this or don't do that. You have to make your own call on that. And, and it then, is a process. And then understand why you're doing it. If you have a reason to do it or you don't have a reason to do it. And then if you do, then you just start making your little tiny changes and you evaluate what your space looks like today. You evaluate where you want to go and why. And then you just start systematically making tiny little changes. And there's no right or wrong. I mean, it's not like you're this horrible person if you do this or that. But we do know 
and you will see, hands down, that when you do take some of those things out of your space, and I'm not going to call out, I mean, it can be bad fats, okay? It doesn't have to be sugar. It could be anything. But they all create a response in our body that causes inflammation, that causes us to have these disease processes, that causes us to have these other feelings, brain fog and everything else. When you do cut back on that, you do naturally your body will let you go into a space that is healthier and uh, and for me personally I'll speak when I feel my energy and my clarity there's nothing like it right I mean I'm not trading that away and yes do I eat sugar yes but I eat um, 90 72 percent cocoa or above one or two ounces a day that's my sugar and of course I branch out and have my things that have sugar in them but not on a regular basis. Well, speaking of leaving things that we love, Dave's got a great story for hey, us, nice right? Segue. You like that? I was right there with you. Uh -huh. I was right there with you. So yeah, I wanted to. I did prepare a, a good news clip for us today, and I think you guys are going to really like it. It's uh, kind of sad, but it's kind of happy all at the same time. It's a really cool story. So it's about this this uh, young couple. They were getting married, and at the last second, their venue got canceled. Oh. And so uh, he's also a fireman. So they said they set it up with the, at the firehouse where <clears throat> where he was going to be. And she was really skeptical at first, but she was there at the firehouse, and they get through the whole thing. And then, wouldn't you know it, fire alarm comes in, and they uh -oh. have a difficult choice. I'll let this story tell the rest. Well, we all know the sacrifices made by firefighters, especially those who volunteer. Easier to miss are the sacrifices made by the spouses of firefighters, a point recently brought home in a dramatic way. Boyd Hoopert explains in tonight's Land of 10,000 Stories. Leave it to a guy under a mask to steal the heart of this young lass. I'm a lucky girl, that's for sure. Krista Bursa now wears the ring of St. Paul Park firefighter, yep. Jeremy Bursa. He got down on one knee in the middle of the woods and popped the question. <laughs> 11 years they dated. Yep. Yeah. While Krista got her nursing degree, had a couple of kids, and adhered to their couple's credo. If something happens, just roll with it. Something like the last minute loss of their wedding venue. I was Definitely panicking, that's for sure. So, roll with it. Yeah, it was her idea. Krista's idea. What a cool spot, you know. To move the wedding to the fire station. She talked me into it. I loved it. December Orpin, yeah. their wedding photographer, fell in love with the creative possibilities. This is a first. Then found herself amused yep. by the banter. We kept joking, you know, what if there's a fire call? What are you going to do? You're not leaving our wedding, you know? No way. She says jump, I say how high. And that settled it. <laughs> Especially when it comes to that day. Their firehouse wedding day was playing out perfectly. My brother-in-law built a wall out of like old barn wood for us to have behind us. It was just so beautiful and so special. And then, just after their wedding had reached its crescendo, this, not even three miles away. I looked at her and she just kind of did the, no, we're doing pictures. So on they posed, knowing after all the fire wasn't even in St. Paul Park, but Cottage Grove. I had everybody lined up out front. We were doing our big group photo. Then it got worse. St. Paul Park fire, we're closer mutually to Cottage Grove fire. They do what's called a, an all call. Newport fire all call. Which is they need more people now. I just looked over at Jeremy and 
I could just see it in his eyes. He felt so torn. And I just said, go ahead and go, babe. Just go. They need you. Go. Yep. It was a cool moment. It was a neat moment. December kept shooting as the bridal party waved goodbye. So you can see him in the truck in the back seat. Just a handful of photos had been taken. The reception hadn't even begun. Yeah. And Jeremy was gone. Yeah. Taking leave from one of the best days of his life to help someone else on their worst. Being, you know, the bride, that's your day. Words can't really describe it, you know. But there was more to Jeremy's bride's selfless act. It was extremely tragic. Yeah. Unbelievable. Two years earlier, Krista's nine-year-old niece, Catherine, and 11-year-old nephew, Aaron, were staying with their aunt in Ohio when an overnight house fire killed them both. As the radio kept sounding, yeah, that's yep. where Krista's mind went. I've got the rest of my life with him. You know, they needed him for that moment. That just kind of put the ice on the cake for I know she's the one for the rest of my life. Krista's grand march was on her father's arm. She led a prayer before dinner for the firefighters and the family losing its home. Unconditional, unselfish love. Not only for each other, but for both of them, for their community. And for what's right. Three hours later, the sun was setting when Jeremy finally made it back. Yep. December hastily snapped this photo. You can just see the emotion in them. That's who they are. Jeremy and Krista had rolled with it. Yeah, it'll definitely be a day I won't forget. Yeah. And tempered their new bond by fire. You just know that she is, is absolutely the one. Pretty cool story. It's a good way to start your relationship, I think. And uh... Yeah, and a great message uh, to a newlywed couple. Just roll with it. <laughs> One of my favorite parts about the, I mean, I know you can't see it because it's the radio, but um, in that video, you can look it up at care11news.com. Um, that's Boyd Hooper. It's, Angie actually knows him. He's always coming up with these really great stories. But there's the picture of when he's leaving and the wedding. So they're like the wedding procession sitting there. And they're taking the official wedding photos. And then the second all call alarm goes off and he's in the back of the truck. And he's got this look on his face. <laughs> you could see so much going on behind that look on his face it's like his eyes are worried but he's excited but he's also preparing himself to go fight a fire right but then he's also leaving his wife who's worried about his brand new wife and so there's a lot going on and that picture is actually pretty funny it captures a lot gotta check that out no it's a great story and uh about service and just serving and and giving everything that you got and that's what god calls us to do um i was talking to beatrice a few days ago, and, and we were talking last week about uh, naming her bus as she goes around the country ministering to military people, and and she wanted to call it the widow's might, and she was telling the story about how that widow gave everything that she had, and everybody was there giving in their abundance, and this widow gave her two mites, and it, Jesus says she gave everything she had, and so those uh, honor those who serve our country, um, whether it's firefighters or um, the police or our military or what have you, for giving all that they have. And, and just to start your relationship off by being selfless. Mm, good point. I think uh, all about being in, in a relationship is not what 
the person the other person in a relationship in any relationship can do for you but what can you do for that person right and i think if if all if both people in that relationship look at look at it in that way not as um always what the other person can do for me but what i can do for them and and just just be instead of being selfish just be selfless and always keeping the other person in mind and i think that this story speaks to that um because she knew that was his passion and she was like i i have you for the rest of my life so that means you're going to pour Andre's cereal tomorrow morning, both boxes, right? Sometimes not. Sometimes not. Sometimes, Miss Cindy, I take him cereal, but I don't give him the bowl that he likes. I'll put it in a small paper bowl. There you go, Monique. And Baby I, steps. I let, I let him pour, and I take it back to the kitchen. Oh, if he gets go. it himself, he takes the box of cereal wherever he's sitting and sit the milk and the cereal down by his chair. Right. I don't do that. I no, take I it also back think, to the kitchen. I think this story kind of shows uh, something else that's really important. I think a lot of people put so much emphasis on the actual wedding day when marriage is so much more than your wedding day. It is, and a lot yes. of people, Like I know two different people that went into amazing amounts of debt to get married and they had $40,000 weddings. And they could have bought a house. Yeah, they could have, yeah, yes. exactly. Could have done a lot of money with forty thousand dollars, and instead they spent it all on this weird party. And now they're still struggling. And it's this just weird like, you party. <laughs> I mean, I like. Don't get me wrong. I love that. I, I love being married. I loved my wedding. It was one of the greatest days of my life. And I mean, but I think a lot of people put too much emphasis on it. And I think that's really cool that she's like, I have him for the rest of my life. It's not just about today. I love her heart. Bottom line, yeah, <laughs> she's just a beautiful soul. And uh, they're, you know, he picked, and he obviously sounds like a beautiful soul as well. So, you know, they have a, a lifetime ahead of them of being good people in the world. Yeah. But how, how, like, listen to the whole story, it's a great story. But if, the, if she didn't lose people in the fire herself, do you guys think she would have been so understanding? Because at the beginning, she said, don't even think about it. That's right. And That's a good point. she also said, you know, she, at the beginning, she said, uh, if a fire breaks out, you're not, we're not going. And then the first time they got the call, she said, don't think about it. And then she thought about her family members that died. Right. And said, they need your help. So I wonder if secretly the whole time when she's saying, you're not leaving, if that fire alarm goes off, she knew that she was lying to herself. True. You know, it's like if that fire alarm, you're not going anywhere. It's like even though she knows deep down, yeah, he's going because that's what he does. Maybe she saw in his eyes, like One this is what he does. Ourselves. It's his passion, and all right, you got to go but, do it. But the Bible says the things that we fear the most are the things that'll come to pass. So <laughs> I've I've I found myself in places where that's why we have to get rid of fear. That's one of the biggest things. It debilitates us, and it it and it makes things come mm -hmm. to pass. I, I I'm a firm believer of it. It helps things to come to pass because the Bible says that. So I like this just popped in my head. Andre and I we were supposed to get married in January, 
and it was the the um January when he was getting ready for the draft that before the draft and everything and he got invited to play in what game senior, senior bowl a, a senior bowl game so it's the best of the best right and so I was like don't even think about yeah, it yeah you're not going uh-uh. yeah. and he was trying to explain to me how important this was and i was like oh no but needless to say he went and we got married in may and i i just think like things work out the way that they're supposed to so well that's awesome i'm glad it did i'm glad you guys are here today thanks for coming in and uh yeah thank you all for listening and uh please stick with us we got more good news coming up Good news of Jesus for you in High Definition Radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. It's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write-off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Ark Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE. 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag and I got it at ARC. I shop there and I help others and I donate my items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with a truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. God's Glory Boxes were started to help spread the glory of God, support Christian artists, and feed the hungry. At God's Glory Boxes, they get things from artists worldwide who share their love of God through their art, like paintings, jewelry, t-shirts, and pillowcases. Here's how it works. Go to the website godsglorybox.com. Choose a one-month, three-month, six-month, or 12-month subscription. Use the promo code GOODNEWS5 for $5 off a one-month subscription or GOODNEWS10 for $10 off a longer subscription. You can get God's Glory Boxes for yourself or as a gift, cancel whenever you want, and the best part is that for each box sold, God's Glory Boxes will donate five meals to hungry people in the community. Help spread God's glory today by starting your subscription at godsglorybox.com. And remember to use the promo codes GOODNEWS5 or GOODNEWS10 to take advantage of your special Good News discount. Hello, hello. Back again. This is producer Dave. Um, I'm here for the next installment in our new, I guess it's our book series. Uh, I have this line to a bunch of different PR people that have all these amazing books and all these other things that normally we wouldn't be able to share here on the good news. But because Angie has kind of given me permission to search some of these books down and search some of the authors down and get some really good in-depth interviews, um, I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing as much as I can. I love authors and I love writing and I love all these different books. And I think these books are going to be very, very uh, interesting to all of you, our listeners. So today... Is not going to be any different. Today is uh, we uh, we're talking to a very exceptional author, Dr. Randy Clark. He wrote a book called 
eyewitness to miracles, watching the gospel come to life. What Dr. Clark has done is he has, uh, we're, we're going to get into this, but he's had an opportunity to go around the world and document and eyewitness actual real miracles. And he's here to explain to us what that means, how he came to do this, and what it means for all of us today. Hello, good afternoon, Dr. Clark. Thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And hey, uh, we, I, we think this book is really, really interesting. Um, you say in your book that you've eyewitnessed, what, hundreds of thousands of miracles or something like hundreds of miracles. And um, I just want to know if you could clarify that a little bit for me, because we like to think of some things as miracles and some, some things as not miracles. And so uh, I was wondering if you could kind of differentiate that. Yeah, I, I used a more biblical understanding of miracle, that which it seems like would not have happened, short of prayer and the timing of it. You know, even if there's a naturalistic explanation that there could have happened, the fact that it happened when the prayer came or within just minutes of that uh, indicates that God got involved and what would not have happened normally uh, has now happened. For example, um, in the book, I tell about people who are blind and lame and sick and death and even the dead being raised, that I personally have met the people who were raised from the dead. I interviewed their families, interviewed the people uh, in the village um, that uh, primarily Muslim that came to Christ as a result. Um, and, and so the subtitle, Watching the uh, Gospel Come to Life, is, um, I was on a TV show, uh, It's Supernatural, Sid Roth, and he when the first time he went there, he said, do you have videos of these stories? I was trying to get, I said, no, it's, I don't. I, I, it, it, I don't have the, uh, the right type of equipment. And I was explaining to him it's very hard to get to catch them because if you have 100 people on your team, uh, the, the guy with the camera being at the right place of those 100, where that one of them sees the miracle at that moment, it's hard to catch. But anyway, he said, you are a fool for not uh, taking the camera with you. So as a result of that, I went and bought the camera and started really trying to capture the testimonies that we were hearing on the field. Uh, you know, for example, I have uh, we also started uh, something else to help verify the healings, an organization called Global Medical Research Institute that's ran by PhDs in the medical field and, and in the uh, uh, sciences and uh, people who were teaching at Central University and hospitals that are that formed this organization to study and verify uh, healings and, and miracles. So I, I consider uh, three people, like were, they were both, all three told that within a week they're going to have the foot cut off, the leg cut off below the knee, and another one uh, leg cut off at the, at the hip. And uh, as a result of press, every one of them um, did not have to have the amputations because one of them had cancer in the bone, another one had gangrene, um, and they had two, one in the shin bone and one in the, in the heel. Uh, and it come all the way across uh, Sao Paulo in Brazil because the doctor said in four days you're going to have to have your foot cut off. Um, and then there's a word of knowledge for her, and, and she got healed. Um, so and, and one of the things we uh, talked about in the book was a guy who didn't have an optic nerve. And when he got healed in one of our meetings, uh, when my spiritual son prayed for him in Brazil, and a man from Missouri was the other person praying for him, he got his sight. 
uh, another man going to Brazil had been blind 55 years with one-eighth of an inch thick uh, scar tissue over both eyes for 55 years. A woman on our team prayed for him for five hours. And nothing happened. We went to another city, and the pastor uh, of the church called me. It was the greatest miracle in the history of the city. That uh, three days later, he woke up. It wasn't gradual. It was like during sleep, woke up the third day in the morning with brand new eyes with no scar tissue. So, wow, that's uh, we have, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that I mean, it's unbelievable. These some of these stories. It's it's. I mean, so they sound like miracles for sure, and it's amazing. The prayer, I actually have a personal testimony. My my son was diagnosed with cancer last year, and as a result, I believe as a result of prayer, his cancer was changed into something that was spreading into something that could just be removed, and it happened within the span of a couple of days, and I, I think that it's amazing, and I think that without that prayer, it would not have happened. And um, uh, one thing that you mentioned in your book, Doc, is that um, you look, look at these miracles from both a spiritual believer point of view, but also from a scientific point of view, which I think is very interesting. I was wondering if you could clarify that a little bit. In, is videotaping it part of that process? Well, we, um, the second part of the book, I just deal with the, what I call the problem miracles um, today and, and how the, uh, the secular skepticism uh, came in, particularly in the Enlightenment, uh, with all of its rationality and seeing the world basically like a machine and the laws of nature can't be broken. And, and I don't think God breaks the laws of nature actually in a miracle. I think he supersedes it with the laws we haven't even discovered yet. There's so much we don't understand about how God uh, heals. Um, but my study, I, I did a doctoral dissertation on uh, the effects of Christian prayer upon chronic pain and loss of range of motion from surgically implanted material. I studied 900 and some odd people on five continents. I had, I had Harvard doctors advising me, uh, um, several major universities, both the medical field and the specialty areas in religion uh, advising me. And with, uh, since then, I've seen, uh, since 2009, when this started, uh, we've had over 5,000 people uh, receive healing from not able to move. And that's why I wanted to do it, because a doctor, one doctor from Harvard, um, no, he was from uh, uh, Duke, said you need something that, that there, there could be no spontaneous remission, because that's what doctors will say. Even though it's a mom, one out of 60,000 will have 100,000 would be a spontaneous remission camp. Well, we have an anomaly of the anomaly. We have so many more getting healed than that. But anyway, so I chose this this particular subject because there are really no um, spontaneous remission with people who have had surgery, and because of the surgery, they're in this chronic pain and have lost function. And uh, so I began to study, are there things that affect? whether or not someone would be healed or increase the probability of being healed, look at different variables. And so that's part of the book, and it's one chapter in the book, uh, looking at you know, what is it seems to make it more likely someone is healed or someone's not. Right, right. So this is Producer Dave. This is our series on authors where we're talking to authors. We're getting a real in-depth view of all the things that they're talking about in their books. We like to get to the real meaty stuff. Um, and we're, today we're talking with Dr. Randy Clark, an eyewit and he wrote the Eyewitness to Miracles, Watching the Gospel Come to Life. 
And he's telling us about a little bit of uh, some pretty incredible stories of of things that have happened through prayer and people being healed and all sorts of things happening. And some of them he's eyewitness personally. So, uh, Doctor, uh, I, you, you mentioned in the book that the idea of miracles is all kind of about a, maybe a point of view and kind of since people kind of since the Enlightenment and people want to uh, have a more rational point of view, uh, you know, or what they think of as a more rational point of view towards the world that they don't see these things as miracles. Do you think that it's just because of belief that really differenti differentiates between what constitutes a miracle and what doesn't? I think there is a, you know, uh, without getting too deep in the woods or too deep in the grass, uh, that human argument is circular, and it basically makes it impossible to prove a miracle because of the argument itself. And I deal with that, and, and I also deal in the book of how that uh, even though there is and has been this skepticism, there's a lot of uh, faith in our culture uh, for miracles, uh, even amongst the medical field. It's, it's a rather high percent of doctors who have said that they do believe uh, in, uh, in miracles. And uh, so, the, matter of fact, uh, one of the two forwards I have are both from uh, University of Indiana professors, uh, one of whom is uh, a research scientist on the brain, and the other is a Harvard uh, graduate PhD. And, uh, and, and they... Um, have worked with me in the sense that they've studied my ministry, and she wrote a book on uh, testing prayer uh, about science and healing, and it's the Harvard Press. So we do know that there are reasons why people are skeptical, but we feel like those are invalid reasons, and a lot of it has been just the way that we've, been, we've been taught to think in, in categories that preclude miracle, but um, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book. Both, but it's not only the secular reasons. There are religious reasons within Protestantism. We've had 500 years where major segments of Protestantism, the pastors were taught in seminary that God doesn't heal anymore. These miracles don't happen anymore. And so for me, I found it's a lot of times the hardest place to see healing is in the church because a lot of people in church have been taught against believing for today uh, because of their theology that came in through the Protestant Reformation. So... And then in the latter part of the book, I try to say, okay, this is how we got to where we're at with this skepticism. And yet, at the other, on the other hand, there are still lots of people that aren't skeptical and often more outside than inside the church. Uh, then I say, well, what's God doing to turn this back to where there's becoming a, such a culture of belief in the supernatural? Right, right. And I, you mentioned in one of your chapters um, explaining away the miracles that even— some people who aren't necessarily skeptics still have their verbiage that help kind of dismiss that these things are miracles. Yeah, like I, I, it's kind of a joke around my friends. You see something, someone prays, and then there's this major radical reversal, and uh, we'll we'll get excited and say, oh, "Thank you, Lord!" And, and sometimes others will say, oh, "It was just an anomaly. It was a spontaneous remission." Or or the other one that happens a lot, uh, we must have misdiagnosed this situation. Right. That's kind of sometimes the what you hear when the other thing was, no, God answered prayer. Right, right, yeah. And so they just, instead of admitting that something 
incredible happened, they like to say, oh, we must have just had it wrong in the first place. That makes sense. Yeah, I played for a woman recently in Switzerland, and she went in. Uh, I played for a woman who got an impartation to pray for healing, and she prayed that night. She never prayed for anybody in life. For a friend who had a, uh, with a fractured pelvis that wouldn't heal, and uh, she, she felt heat in her hands. She prayed for the friend who was a new ager, and um, then she went to the doctor the next day, the new ager did, and the doctor said, told the nurses, these are the wrong x-rays. I'm a man of science. This is impossible. She said, no, doctor, that is the right x-ray. He said, it is impossible, and so I do not believe in miracles. So I want you to do this x-ray over. She did, came back, same results. We could not even see whether there had been a fracture. And he said, the machine must be broken. Do it on another machine. <laughs> and then finally when he came in, the doctor looked at her and said, what happened? What would you do? And she said, I had a friend pray for me, and all this heat was in my hips, and now my pain is gone. And the doctor, who had been so skeptical, said to her, could you get your friend to pray for me? Really, that's... So he went from real skepticism to openness to prayer himself because he saw the evidence. Right, right. That's a great story. Now, you also write in your book, Doc, that a lot of the people that that go through some of these healing miracles, they feel something like the touch of grace or something, right? What do you? How do you explain that? And do you know? Uh, do you know a little bit about that? And I don't know how to explain it. I explain it. I know how to report it. Because I have experienced it myself, I I was almost killed in a car accident at 18. That's how I, how I ended up being called to the ministry. A radical change in my life. I was healed. I was healed another time uh, after 90 days of prayer. And actually, somebody videoed and said, uh, "And when in Canada, the healer cannot heal himself." It was like at the time they did the video, I was in so much pain. Uh, but what they did not do was come back and check things out because uh, a guy. In, uh, New Orleans saw a vision of me, prayed for me while I was asleep, and he wasn't even there. He was a thousand miles away, and I was in Pennsylvania, New Orleans. And in the morning, even after 90 days of physical therapy, two epidurals, all types of, of uh, painkillers, um, I was healed. As a response to that prayer, he saw me in a vision, and the Lord showed him my spine and my neurological system, showed where two discs uh, uh, nerves were being pinched, and Stuff is squirted out, and he said, push it back in. And he said, I was acting out this vision in middle of church. People must thought I was crazy. And I did not know that. People cannot take a study uh, placebo effect and the, and the conditions necessary for placebo effect. This placebo effect cannot explain this because I was asleep when it happened. I was not aware of even being prayed for. And when I woke up, I was healed. And I didn't find out about it, uh, his, this experience he had, until five hours later. So, uh, and then another friend of mine, a young man, I actually trained him later. He had a word of knowledge from God about somebody had a uh, herniated disc in his neck, which I've had nine herniated discs in my body. And he said, in your birthday, February 18th, 1952. Well, that's my birthday. And <laughs> I've been prayed for for a year. And uh, I got healed that morning, right? Then. So I have experienced so one of the things that's about 50% of the time or a little more People tell me they feel heat or if they have something that's a very bad infection, they'll actually feel opposite heat, they'll feel coldness in their body, uh, or they feel electricity and energy going through their body. And less than 50%, maybe 30 to 40% of the time, people are healed, and they don't feel anything. They don't know they're healed until they go back to the doctor because sometimes their condition is they have to uh, 
uh, the evidence has to be done through a test. Right, right. Well, that's pretty incredible. Um, so uh, we're think, almost... We're, oh, go ahead. From a theological point of view, in the Eastern Orthodox Church, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are called the energies of God. And they believe, and I agree with them, that when we experience the gifts of God, we're experiencing Himself in His energy as He comes to us and makes Himself known. And so even Paul said, I labor with all His energy that works so mightily within me. So we know there's a biblical concept for it, and, and, but we also see it not in Scripture, but in, in life today. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Doc. Can you tell all of our listeners about where they can go get the book, how they can contact you, any other information you'd like to put out there? Yeah, you could get the book through Amazon. You get a Kindle or, or paperback, or hardback, I believe. You can get it through most of Christian bookstores, or you could get it get it through our ministry on the line at globalawakening.com. And you can go with us on trips and get the book. I've got about 40 books I've written. Uh, on healing and uh, uh, spiritual gifts and a lot of different other subjects. So globalawakening.com or Amazon and, and just look for Eyewitness to Miracle or you can look up my name, Randy Clark, and the books that I've written and time. Well, thank you again, Doc, and uh, I hope, we hope you all want to go get this book. We hope uh, that you can find something from it and really be able to witness real-life miracles. We'll be right back with more good news. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does cool. ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, babe. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... Arc. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your autumn days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA of the Rockies, there is something for everyone during our Fall Fest weekends, starting September 22nd, on September 29th, and also on October 6th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies Fall Fest weekends. This year, we have hay rides, square dancing, pumpkin painting, and a ton more fall games and activities. YMCA of the Rockies is an ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your fall with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. 
Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com, AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Joining us today, uh, just somebody with a really important mission and message. But Dr. Carrie August is with us to discuss something that if I told you the statistics, if I said to you cancer is the leading cause of death in American women, and it doesn't have to be, you would say, well, what do we need to know? And I can't answer those questions. So uh, Dr. Kerry August, Director of uh, Anatomic Pathology at the Advocate Illinois Masonic Medical Center in Chicago is here. Uh, Dr. August, welcome to the show. So happy you are here. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Well, this topic is so important. Look, I'm a guy who has uh, a wife. I have four sisters. I have a bunch of sisters-in-law and nieces. And just there are so many great women in our lives. And we need to make sure that they're getting the right care for all of the problems or prevention of problems in their world. And your focus is on, on cancer for women, specifically in the communities that aren't served enough. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Well, we are part of the CAP Foundation, and our foundation partners with local hospitals to provide testing for women in these communities, in particular for women who don't have the insurance to get their cervical cancer and breast cancer screenings. It's such an important issue. Uh, testing, testing, testing. Make sure you're screened for both breast cancer. We know about mammography. We've talked at length about self-examinations. But, you know, the cervical cancer screening is one that seems to be victimized most often by embarrassment. Why, why are we embarrassed to encourage people to get cervical cancer screenings? You know, Mike, I think that because it's an intimate part of the body and because an exam involves having an intimate part of your body checked, I think there is a lot of embarrassment around it. But it's so vital that women get these tests, and that's why we provide this program in particular for women who don't want to do it otherwise and they don't have insurance and they don't know what will happen next and the spectacular part of our program is that women don't just get the test 
they get the result delivered to them by a pathologist who's a physician before they leave the program site that day. And if they have a result that indicates they need more testing or some kind of treatment, they talk with representatives from the sponsoring hospital right there on site to set up the next steps and talk about how they will pay for them or how they will be paid for. So women don't just get a result sometime two weeks later. They find out either that they can be reassured they're fine right then and there, or they get the help they need right then and there discussed with them by a physician who's a pathologist and they get the help with taking the next steps right the same day. That is so important. What Dr. Carrie August is talking about is the C test and treat program, and it all happens in one day. It's for testing for cancer. We're talking breast cancer. We're talking cervical cancer. We're talking, guys, it's important to tell the women in your lives that this is available. I'm going to throw this out there. Information available at foundation.cap.org, C-A-P.org, or at yourpathologist.org. Really important sites to get information. Doctor, I don't have a lot of time. I could talk to you all day. What role does a pathologist play in a cancer diagnosis? You know, we're the doctors you don't see, but we're actually with you every step of the way. We're the doctors who look at the cells on the pap smears. We're the doctors who look at the tissue biopsies under the microscope, decide a diagnosis, do all the additional testings to help your other doctors make the plan to treat you. And when a patient has surgery for a cancer, we're the doctors who figure out all the details like, is the cancer completely removed? Is there cancer in lymph nodes? And we form part of the treatment team with surgeons, oncologists, radiation oncologists, radiation, radiologists, and all the other doctors and healthcare professionals who work together to make the best plan for each patient. Dr. Kerry August, the early detection is so important to treatment and survival the work you do is appreciated even if you almost never see a patient just know that all of us out here who have women in our lives that we care about that we love we appreciate the work you do thank you dr august i uh, I, I can't tell you how important this is thank you so much thank you mike Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.